Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show. This week we are dealing with a very tricky topic, the difference between being rich and being wealthy. Oftentimes we have a goal for one, when in reality we'll be happier if our goal was the other. Find out which one it is and some tidbits to help you get along the way in the show. I'll see you on the other side. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter, and as always, my offsider and co-host, Mitchell Lorenzo. Thank you for having me on the show, Mr. Baxter. And look, diving into today's topic, this is going to be a fun one and arguably a controversial one. We're going to talk about being rich versus being wealthy because in reality, they're very, very different. And we're going to define each of those terms and talk about maybe how to get to the right one. Holy smokes. That's going to be a tough one. Loaded topic. Not as easy. When you actually unpack it, though, there's a few mm. key metrics and marker points in there that you can really define yourself to put yourself into either camp. Mm. I think, you know, it, it, it is. And a lot of this comes down to labeling and perception versus versus reality. And, yeah, rich, there's a certain thing, I want to be rich. It's an image thing. You think about the BRW rich listers, you know, and, and it's recognition driven. And it's that sort of goal for many, many people out there, myself included when I was younger, you know, I want to be rich. And in reality, it can be quite different to being wealthy. Now, I think I'm going to start with a definition maybe of wealth and being wealthy versus Perfect. being rich, because I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to find a definition for you know, what is being rich. You know, and if you're someone that's rich, you probably prefer to be wealthy. Um, yeah, as a starting point. So there's a head spin before we start. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think when you when you look at someone who's arguably rich, mm. they have, it's an it's an image thing, right? Mm. It's you've got the toys and the house and whatever it may be. Mm. When you think of someone who's wealthy, you think about almost that millionaire next door who's just lurking in the shadows, going about their day, but having complete choice and freedom to do what they want. And that's right. And I think that's that's where wealthy in its own right comes in. Um, you know, and I, I'd probably go into the fact that you there is a level of choice behind that uh, in terms of number one how you get to spend your time and you know we're in the money space where everything is about dollars and cents and in reality i think the best measure of wealth is actually time uh it doesn't matter how much money you have you you don't get to buy time back and you don't necessarily get to choose how you spend that time so having some level of flexibility on how you choose to spend your time the choice of being able to take that most precious of assets that you have, your time on the planet, and and deciding personally how you are going to spend that is probably a great measure for wealth. And the more ability and latitude you have for how you're gonna spend that time um, and doing whatever it is that you wanna do, I think is a better indication of your level of wealth. So to, to maybe give the, our listeners an example, AB, with a, a real life case, mm. but if we take Twiggy Forest, mm. um, you know, Ultimately, uh, you know, very influential man, arguably extremely wealthy, although makes the rich list every year. I think he was number one mm. um, on Australia's richest last year. Would you classify him, classify him as rich, wealthy? I think that's a really good question, isn't it? And again, I mean, by any measure, when you're a billionaire, you're rich. Let's face it. Yeah, you know, you're not you're not driving around in a Lambo that you've hired for the weekend to look cool on Instagram, or it's on finance. You're probably playing in that stratospheric level. You're actually talking about buying a plane rather than a car. Anyway, he bought a new uh, <laughs> uh, new uh, new business jet this year. I do know he did that, which was I think seventy five million, which is small change for a man of his means. Um, the, the idea of being wealthy in his case, I mean, his passion now it isn't about money. It's not about chasing money. And I think in all fairness, you know, for a very, very large chunk of his time since Fortescue really 
got its mojo and started getting some traction. Probably hasn't been about money for a long time. It's about proving a point in his case. Um, you know, he's got a chip on his shoulder about certain things, which he's gone and done. And, and now, you know, as his as his wealth has increased, he's been able to pursue passion projects and looking at things like green hydrogen, uh, um, uh, green ammonia, uh, 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 and things in that nature in the environmental space. You know, reinvesting in great Australian companies and buying them back, like RM Williams, being you know, a massive advocate for keeping Australia pastoral land in Australian hands. They're all passion projects of someone that's got incredible levels of wealth and, and and probably reflect where maybe some of his interest levels lie as opposed to just chasing the dollar. I think there's a couple of points you made there that really hit the nail on the head. You know, Twiggy has complete choice and freedom to choose what he does, mm. indicating he would be wealthy in, in that state of being versus being rich where it's mostly about an image, right? Mm more superficial cliche almost. That's right. And, and a lot of those guys, I mean, you, you, you take singers, we're talking about people in Perth. I mean, Kerry Stokes is another example uh, of someone that's totally self-made. You know, again, is a, a regular rich lister. Uh, and don't get me wrong, has all the accoutrements around that. You know, the ski chalet in uh, in, um, in Colorado and the business jets and everything else that moves around it. Um, but again, is someone that's focused on passion projects. You've got the world's largest collection of Victoria crosses, uh, which he happens to own and has donated to um, you know, the, the military museum in Canberra, for example. It's a passion project. You know, he's got TV stations he owns, you know, distribution. Um, what else is there? It's like Coates Hire uh, and so on and so forth. And, and, and they're all business interests, but they're also passion projects now for him. You know, and I guess as he's handing the reins over to his son, Ryan, um, then, yeah, the, the, the choices you also get to make um and again he's not someone that's particularly concerned with image it's all about just this is you know i've got a level of wealth and i, I do things i enjoy doing and they're my choices to do that i think also just to add to that we can split that up really both of these at least as well qualitative versus quantitative mm. quantitatively speaking it's about dollars qualitative we can talk about relationships satisfaction time so if we can agree that wealthy is where we really want to be, mm. arguably, AB, how would you, I guess, implement those qualitative versus quantitative yeah. aspects? Well, quantitative, we talk about quantitative first of all, that's money. How much cash have you got? And what, what's the, the level of rich? You know, is it becoming a millionaire? Well, so many people are accidental millionaires through property market and so on. Is it about being a multimillionaire? Decamillionaire, we're, we're, we're a billionaire. We're, it's a it's a sliding scale. It's almost like chasing the wind. And I think in some respects, if money is your goal, and yeah, when I was younger, I didn't have any money, and 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 I guess now I've got quite a lot. And 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 the pursuit of money in itself is really unfulfilling because as long as someone's got more than you, you'll be jealous and dissatisfied with where you're at. And I think wealthy is a state of mind to go to the qualitative you know, side of it. Um, it's how comfortable you are in yourself and the choices you get to make and what you get to do. Whereas if you're really frankly cranky and, and angry that you don't have as much as one of your mates or who, who you see as a peer or a, a role model, that lack of fulfillment means you're not wealthy, it's an empty vessel. So, you know, that notion of chasing a, a round dollar amount is actually really hard and very, very flawed as a goal. Um, and as I say, it was my goal for many, many, many years when I was younger, um, that just relentless pursuit of dollars, because you think, if I have this, then I will be that. Uh, and and you only work out maybe either as you get a little older, maybe a little wiser, or with some level of retrospect that that money doesn't buy happiness. And I hope that ticks a box for a lot of people that, that are listening to this to go, well, money's not, you know, happiness in life isn't just about money. Very true, it's not. It's about so many, it's about so many other things it just helps you have tools to fix a lot of problems too if you need to do that so you know that that quantitative rich is 
a number is a very, very hard question to answer. Whereas on the other other side of the coin, you know, you meet people all the time, they go, oh, I'm, I'm very wealthy, I've got great relationships with my kids, with my family, with my friends. And a cynical me a few years ago would be, that's the typical expe- expression you expect to hear from someone that's broke because they've given up on the dollars uh, and they're just invested in life. But at the same time, they probably are happier. Um, because I know firsthand that money doesn't buy happiness. So, you know, there is a balance between the two. You sometimes need the money to be able to buy the choices to invest the time uh, in building out that qualitative site. You know, if you're busy chasing dollars and you're working 80 hours a week, you're not spending time at home with your kids. So you're going to have a a slightly, you know, estranged relationship there and you might buy them a toy Mercedes car to drive around in or something that makes you feel good on a birthday or Christmas. But that real connection, that real happiness, that real wealth, isn't there because wealth typically in that instance comes from investing time. Challenge is you've got to better buy the time back to invest it. It's a it's a it's a tough one because many people get stuck on that hedonic treadmill and mm. they're just going nowhere. Hundred um, percent. Now, AB, as someone who uh, who most people would consider yourself as extremely wealthy, I mean, you've been very successful in your in your career. As you mentioned, you had that transition from mm. wanting to be rich to wanting to be wealthy. Mm. What was the catalyst for it, and how can you? What, what advice, I guess, would you give to those who may be in that same situation, me included, actually? Oh, gee, now you have put me on the spot. You, you know, know, I love doing that. Come uh, on. Normally, the stuff we talk about is pretty easy because it's mechanical <laughs> or it's economics. This is this is a lot more personal. Um, I'm going to say when I got married, to be honest with you, because, yeah, I'm an only child and I was a lone wolf f- for a long time. Uh, I had a fantastic bachelor life that was through choice uh, and it was very colourful and I had lots of toys and accessories to make that a particularly you know, hedonistic and fun chapter. But again, at the end of the day, when, when I look back now at what my life has to offer, Relationship-wise, I've an amazing wife. I've got five beautiful children. I've got amazing in-laws that are, I just took for a month in Italy. Now most people can't be in the same room as their in-laws, let alone travel for a month together as a family and just have a great time and no crosswords. So I'm a blessed man. But I've also had the opportunity, because perhaps to an extent of, of dollars, to be able to invest that time in my relationship with my in-laws, with my wife and with my kids. And and I am very fortunate. Uh, there's no question about that. And I think if I had to pinpoint on something, it would be that transition, not, not the day I got married and now I'm married, so therefore I'm wealthy. Um, more a question is our, our relationship has gotten deeper and matured. Um, there are other things that have come into my life that, that most certainly make me feel wealthy. Like yesterday when I was in on my farm, covered in pig feces doing something on the farm not the definition of wealth particularly but literally without uh, um, uh, you know taking the cliche I was as happy as a pig in poo because I'm, I'm on a beautiful property where I want to live my kids are running around having a great time we had some stuff to do there and and it's a million miles away from being in a corporate boardroom uh, or on a trading floor somewhere now don't get me wrong I still enjoy those things I haven't given up I haven't retired not about to crawl off the planet um but I think my perspective has shifted and I place more value on those things. And to me, when I look at the time I'm able to place with my kids or uh, you know, spraying or pruning or doing something on the farm, that to me, I'm not going to say, because I'm going to sound really conceited when I say that, but it kind of validates me the fact that actually, yes, I am wealthy as opposed to trying to chase a, a dollar amount of money um, that's a never-ending target. 
I remember, you know, what my goal was. And I was, I was thinking about this the other day when I was having a yak with one of my mates from old at home. You know, this was the goal dollar-wise. And then you get greedy and it's a bigger goal and then it's a bigger goal and then it just keeps going and going. And because it's out of reach, it drives you, which is a very, very important asset to have. You need to be a driven person if, if you want to enjoy a level of success in life uh, and driven in many ways, not just in terms of business or, or the pursuit of money, but relationships. You've got to be driven to wanting to maintain it, all those different things. Um, and it's an unattainable because it just is, which is brilliant from a motivation perspective. But in terms of when you sort of look back and go, what are you doing with your time? I'm chasing something I'm never going to catch or I'm enjoying where I'm at. Now, I know you're a big fan of Alan Watt, the philosopher. I am very big. And and one of the things, and I, I don't know if we could put the link up or, or, or how we go about doing that, but there's one particular um, story or lecture that he delivers about dancing. And, and the whole purpose of a dance isn't the destination at the end of it is the experience along the way and the, i know this is turning into be a little bit woolly but i think that transition to being wealthy is where you have a greater appreciation for being in the moment and enjoying the journey as opposed to waiting to get to that destination when i'm rich i'll do this if i had that i, I would be this they're all things that are down the line that you may or may not get to you may well be wealthy right now you just haven't taken time to come out and actually smell the roses and enjoy what you have AB, it is seriously great advice and um, appreciate you sharing your insight. If I can ask you as we wrap up our, our episode today, how does someone achieve a level of wealth? How, what, what are the steps to get there? We're not looking for an exact recipe, but just in terms of general advice to those out there. I, I think you've got to know what you want in the first instance. And sadly, and, and again, you know, look at my own journey, you know, there are things I was pretty direct and had a very clear intention. Sounds like I'm going to cark it. This is like, you know, what's your epitaph kind of episode on the podcast? We will be back next week. <laughs> There's going to be a sequel to this. We're not gone yet. Um, I think that, you know, you need to have a level of clarity as to, as to what you want from life. Uh, what you want to achieve as a person, the sort of person you want to be, uh, 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 and have a game plan for getting there. And if you don't have that in play, you're never going to get there. So you're always going to be frustrated and you're never going to get to that point where you can come up through air and go, hey, I've made it. And I'm not talking about making it dollar-wise. I've made it insofar as I get to have you know five weeks in Italy eating pasta and spending like, crazy stuff. Like I sat at the beach somewhere my my... my um, third and fourth daughter uh, or second and third daughter yeah they're three years and two years old and we're sat on the beach and they're picking bits of colored glass up off the beach thinking they're gems and just sat there with them for a couple of hours doing that sort of stuff and and actually having the time and being able to be present to do that i think is a huge endorsement as they actually you know that that's a big tick in the wealthy not rich column that you've got the time uh, and inclination to want to do that but you've got to know what you want that might not be your cup of tea. You might want to be a devout bachelor that never has kids and, and goes through a hedonistic life of a beautiful, you know, on the beach sky house and a couple of nice cars in the garage and uh, and, and, and different things that go there. And having done that, it, it, yeah, yeah, it wasn't quite what I thought it would be. It was great, don't get me wrong, but I wasn't as happy as I thought I should be. And, 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 and I look at my life now, it's very different. So number one, you've got to know what you want. Number two um, is that, yeah, recognize actually what you currently have. Um, you know, many years ago in our financial planning business, we had a particular client who was an electrician, who's an Italian immigrant. Um, and funny enough, we, we took him down to the snow with a group of clients who'd never seen the snow before, lived up in North That's Queensland, cool. up in Townsville. And uh, and yeah, so we took him down to the snow, which was amazing. He'd never seen snow. He was like ne nearly 70 and it was just, and we had a snowball fight on the side. It's crazy stuff you do with people sometimes. and. 
and he wanted to transition into retirement, but he was always someone that worked very, very hard and had a goal of, I think, being an immigrant particularly, um, chasing money to become rich, and had no idea that he'd accumulated over that time more than enough assets to be genuinely wealthy where um, you don't have to bust your back doing what he's doing. He's getting older and he said, oh, look, my body's giving out. I'm just worried I'm not going to be able to afford to retire. And when we sat down with their financial planning team, he's going, well, you know, you've got investment properties here, 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 and here. With your business, you know, we can help you sell that and then migrate the proceeds from that into your super to give that a nice kick along. And based on an investment window where, you know, your average return is X, which was pretty conservative, you're going to be able to pull an income of this for the rest of your life. And he was absolutely mind blown that he was able to earn that level of money off his investments, which for him was way past the point of comfort to better retire, but just had that mindset. I've got to keep going, got to keep going, got to keep going and had no appreciation for the wealth that he really spent his time working hard to create. So, you know, it's interesting how it presents itself. You've got to recognize what you have. And, you know, we talk about having a date, a money date once a month. That's a really important step in the process to see how that journey is going and appreciating the growth that you're going on. And, you know, the last thing I think that, that I'd point to in there is that most people's goals are about things, stuff, or metrics. And, and in reality, if you want to enjoy a level of fulfillment, which may equate to wealthy, irrespective of what the dollar figure is on it, but if you're fulfilled, you're technically wealthy. Um, Then working on a goal that's more about you as a person and the systems or behavior that you do, your habits that you have, is far more likely to get you somewhere than writing down, you know, I've written a goal down and it's my intention to make a million dollars this year and blah, 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 blah. Okay, that's great. If you make the million this year, what are you going to do next? And we've talked about this previously in goal setting. It's about building the habits and the muscle memory to be a person that's capable of doing that. But that's a habit that's going to last your lifetime. So it's not a finite goal of making a million bucks. You've become the person that's able to do that in a year and you can do that every year. That's the benefit, becoming mm-hmm. that person. So right? it's you know, shifting the focus of your goals um, to something that's more enduring. And I'd argue that it's probably more fulfilling too, insofar as, um, you know, it's not about the outcome, it's about the progress, the Alan Watt, it's the dance rather than the last beat in the song. That was the end of the journey, we're there, that's great. You know, oh, when I have enough money, I'll take time off or, 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 or you know, it's like a, like a trip on a holiday, it's not about getting there, the actual journey starts when you leave your house, that's the journey, it's not the, it's not the destination. AB, we're outside of our comfort zone on this episode. Absolutely, is, but we should have a box of tissues here. I reckon there may be some nice pastel shading in here. Oh, yeah. You put me on the spot today. I mean, I've not really thought a lot about this, and it, and it's and it's quite introspective, uh, particularly if you've been down different pathways. And that's not to say any given pathway is wrong, Mitch. You know, everyone's where they're at in life for the reason that they want to be there at a given time. I do think if you take time to work out what you want, it's going to help you make sure you get on the right path as quickly as possible and and you stay on the right path for you. And again, you know, that definition of wealth is choice, being able to buy time back. But I think one final thing to put on there is a level of fulfillment that you have from what you do, as opposed to this chasing the wind of when I have this much money, I'll be able to do this or I'll be able to have that. A, you may not get to that level, or B, when you do, it won't be enough and you want to chase the next thing, so you're never going to be fulfilled. You're just an empty vessel that's chasing the wind, and success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. There we go. What a a spot to leave it on, AB. Thank you very much for your wisdom today. Hopefully our listeners can take even just a slither out of that. They'll become better, so thank you. My pleasure, anytime. There you have it, guys. Make sure you give us a review and a rating, and we'll look forward to hosting you next week.